I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on. And this morning, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, that's easy. If you're in a physical book, a physical Bible, what I want you to do is turn to the table of contents. You'll find that the Bible is broken up into two main sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. So find the New Testament, first book, Matthew, flip over to that page and go to chapter 8. If you're in an app, what I want you to do is pull up the list of books uh, in the Bible. Matthew is going to be about two-thirds or three-quarters of the way down that list. So you'll find Matthew and then uh, go to Matthew chapter 8. Now, I grew up in Texas, specifically the Texas Panhandle. And back in that day, it was called Tornado Alley. And we had uh, storms and tornadoes all the time. You know, in Texas, uh, in the Texas Panhandle, you have to worry about those kinds of storm occurrences. Here in Arizona, we have monsoons and haboobs and things like that. In Texas, it was these big thunderstorms with tornadoes and hail. And that was kind of the, the weather thing that you had to watch out for the most. But I remember specifically when I was uh, 18, uh, I was working construction and we had this massive thunderstorm that came through town. Um, And and I got a call on my phone that there was a a tornado uh, warning and that I needed to get out of there and and get home and get to shelter. Uh, And so I I left and realized that my dad was at another work site uh, and that he didn't have his cell phone on him. So I turned around, I went back to that that work site, uh, went in the house, and of course my dad's working away like crazy, has no idea what's going on outside the doors of this house. And so we, I tell dad what's going on, he packs up and kind of puts things away and we walk out the door and suddenly we're just slammed by these massive gusts of wind. There's dirt flying all over, leaves and debris uh, flying through the air and you can hear the thunder and the, the noises coming from this massive storm. And so dad got in his truck and I got in my little car and we booked it home. But I remember, I tell this story because I remember uh, in my little town, there was a, a road that went around the outskirts of the town and my home was not too far off of that, that loop, that, that road that went around the outskirts. And so I hopped on the loop and started booking it around town trying to get to shelter. And as I'm turning around one of the corners of this loop, I look out into the field to my right And sure enough, there out in the field, quite a ways away from me, is a tornado. It had touched down. It was, you could see it just clear as day. And I thought, I've got to get home. But but the interesting thing is, is uh, when that storm passed and after we saw what happened, that storm did a lot of damage. It it damaged property and and things like that. Uh, As far as I remember, nobody got hurt. Praise God. But the cool thing out of that storm was it brought the, the, that area some much needed rain. You see, we had been going through kind of a, a dry spell uh, at that time. And our farms, our ranches were, were in desperate need of water. And that storm going through dumped so much rain. And it brought uh, a lot of those farmers and the, the ranchers that much needed reprieve from the dryness, from the, from the lack of water. Uh, and so in the midst of having this damaging, terrible, tornado-filled storm, 
God did something beautiful out of it. And I want you to hear this morning that good things can come from things that are seemingly bad. And today's passage actually talks about that. So Matthew chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 23. Matthew chapter 28, or Matthew 8, starting in verse 23. And read it with me. It says this, And when he, meaning Jesus, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And then they went and woke him up, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Interesting passage. If you grew up or you've been in church for a long time, you've probably heard this passage many times. It's, it's actually one of the more popular, famous passages. And I'm sure you've probably, as I have, you've heard sermons that say, well, you know, this teaches us that Jesus can calm your storm. And uh, let me say first off, yes, Jesus has the ability, he has the power, he has the authority to calm any of the storms in our life. If you're going through a troubled time, Jesus has the power to calm your storm. Jesus is all-knowing and all-powerful. He's all-present and unchanging. And Jesus, hands down, can do whatever he needs to do in your life. But that's not what this passage is saying. Following Jesus is not about our life being easy. As a matter of fact, if you'll think back to the beginning of this month and the message that I preached out of Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus talks about the gate and the path, you'll remember that Jesus says the way that leads to life is narrow and hard. The gate is narrow and the way is hard. Our lives as followers of Jesus are never guaranteed to be easy. As a matter of fact, we're guaranteed to go through difficult time. And let's be honest for a minute. We go through tough times whether we're followers of Jesus or not. Life is not easy. Life is difficult. But Jesus never promises to calm all of our storms. There is nowhere in the Bible where God promises that he's going to calm every storm that we go through. He promises, though, that he will be with us in the midst of the storms. You see, he will never leave us and he will never forsake us, as Jesus promises uh, at the end of Matthew chapter 28. But our storms are going to come. It's a guarantee that we will go through stormy times in our lives, but in the midst of those storms, Jesus is not going to forsake us. He's not going to lead us or leave us. He is going to lead us through 
those storms, through those difficult times. And besides that, that's not even how the disciples looked at what happened in this situation. So look with me again. Look with me in verse 27. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. So Jesus has, they've gotten in the boat. This storm hits and the boat is being swamped. In other words, the boat is being rocked and swayed. And as it rocks and sways by being hit by these waves, it's filling with water. Uh, they're, they're looking at a boat that's going to sink. And they're, they're very afraid. The Sea of Galilee was huge. It's a massive, we, we think of it as maybe a large lake, but it's, it's so big and it is deep. And if their boat was to go down in the midst of a storm with all of the waves hitting and rocking and moving them back and forth, of course they're afraid. Of course they're scared that if that boat sinks, they're all going to die. So they've come to Jesus and he's asleep. And they go, Jesus, Jesus, wake up. We're perishing. We're dying here. And Jesus says the line, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to ride this out with you. I'm going to lead you through it. But he does more than that. He calms the storm. In other words, he stands up and says, hey, stop. Winds. See, calm down, and bam, it happens. The sea goes calm. The wind stops blowing. And everybody in the boat is amazed. Look with me in verse 27. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him they are amazed but what are they amazed at they're not amazed at the storm they're amazed at the man who had control over the storm you see they were amazed at the power and the authority of jesus it was in that moment that they looked up and they saw that he was more than just another man. He had authority from God. And so Jesus has authority and control over all the storms of our life. And believe me on that. He is all powerful and all knowing. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows what to do, what not to do. And he has the power to control every situation in our lives every single one, but he may not take them away. He has power over them, but he may choose for his purposes, for his reasons to not calm that storm. He may choose to say, no, this storm needs to keep going. And that's weird, isn't it? Uh, you see, our our purpose in life is not to seek the easy way. The purpose in our life is to go down the path that Jesus lays out in front of us. And sometimes that path is the difficult path. Sometimes that path is the one that goes straight through the storm. 
My first year living in Arizona, I lived up in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, and my mom came to visit. Knox had just been born. Uh, I'm talking, we had only lived in Arizona for, you know, eight or nine months. Knox was a newborn. He had only been, I, I think we had had him, he was three weeks old. And my mom came to visit to, to help take care of Knox. And she flew into the airport at Las Vegas. Because if you're in Havasu, you may not realize this, but Havasu is actually closer to Vegas than it is to Phoenix. And so anyways, long story short, my mom flew into, uh, into Vegas. We picked her up and we start down the highway to head back to Lake Havasu. And as we're going, it's monsoon season. It was in, you know, Knox is born at the end of July. So this is sometime in mid to late August. And we're driving along and it's monsoon season. And we begin approaching this massive, very strong monsoon. And I remember it as clear as day. We're driving down the highway and it was as if there was a dark gray wall on the highway. It was as if you looked and suddenly the, the highway just ran into a wall. That's how thick the rain was. And as we approached, uh, we kind of all three in the car went, do we go through? <laughs> do, do we keep going or do we wait for the storm to, to move and get past the highway? Uh, and as we watched, it kind of just sat there. It wasn't moving. And so we made the decision to go through. And believe me, I couldn't see the hood at the end of my car. And so slowed down. I went very slow. I was watching for signs on the road. Every so often I'd feel the, the bumper strips on the side and I knew that I was still in the right place. And so we, we drove through and we made it through the other side of this, this huge, uh, very powerful monsoon. We got through it and we were all amazed at just how strong and how heavy the rain was in this storm. You see, Jesus is not always going to take you take the storm away. He's not always going to calm the storm. Sometimes he says, let me take the driver's wheel and let me take you through this storm. And we're going to do something in the midst of it. We're going to learn something. I'm going to amaze you by getting you through this storm. So you see, Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and he saw them through that storm. His way of seeing them through the storm in this particular instance was to calm that storm. And what was the result? The men in the boat, the disciples were amazed and they probably praised God in the midst of Jesus performing this huge miracle. You'll see he was watching out for them and hear me closely. You and I are always gonna go through storms in life. But Jesus will always be with you and I when we go through those storms. Those storms may be brief, they may be short, and sometimes those storms are going to last a very long time. But in the midst of that, Jesus promises, go back to the end of Matthew 28, the book we're in, in go to the very end of it Matthew 28 at the very end he says I will never leave you and I will never forsake you Jesus is in the boat with you riding out that storm not just riding it out he is leading you and I through the storms that we go through he's caring for you he's guiding you 
And so when you go through the storms, make sure that you're paying attention to Jesus's guidance and direction in the midst of that storm. So most of all, Jesus wants to do something in us as we go through the storm with him or as he go as we go through as he goes through the storm with us the 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 whole point of storms is to grow us and so let me give you my big idea here's my big idea if you have ever watched my sermons most of the time i give a big idea and it's a a summary or a culmination a a the main idea of that message. It's the idea that I want you to remember and think about throughout this week and apply to your life. And here's today's big idea. Storms grow us in ways that calm waters can't. Storms grow us in ways that calm waters can't. I I want you to listen to these two passages that I'm going to read to you. One of them is out of Romans 5, and the other one is out of James chapter 1. These are both books in the New Testament. Romans is written by a a man named Paul who, believe me, he saw his fair share of storms, both literal physical storms and difficult times in his life. But listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 say this, Not only that... But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Did you see the purpose in that? Did you see the purpose of the storms in our life? Let me repeat the idea here. You know, we rejoice when we go through suffering. In other words, we rejoice when we go through our storms because we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Those are all things that we, whether Christian or not, whether follower of Jesus or not, these are all things we would want, right? We all want to have endurance. We all want to have character and we all want to have hope you see when you go through storms those storms in your life challenge you and push you through the holy spirit to grow in him it produces endurance and character and finally it produces hope guys that's something we should all strive for but let's be honest the storm if we if our life was just easy and there were no storms in our life that endurance never comes and without the endurance how do we build character and if we don't have character we don't have the foundation to have true hope in our lives listen to the next passage james chapter one james was the brother of jesus Uh, and he wasn't a believer early on but after jesus's death and resurrection and ascension into heaven james became a follower of Jesus. And James says this, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Doesn't that sound familiar? 
Paul said that in our suffering, it produces endurance, character, and hope. Then James says that our trials produces steadfastness. Now, steadfastness is a synonym for endurance. So James and Paul are saying the same thing here. They're both telling us that storms, difficulties, trials are are necessary to us growing in Jesus. Storms grow us in ways that calm waters can't. And think about it for a minute. Go back in time to the days when you were in school. Now, for some of you, maybe you are in school uh, or you're about to start school. So you may be able to identify very easily. But for those of you who have been out of school, maybe even been out of school for a very long time, go back and think for a second. If you were in class and you needed to learn something in that class, but there was never any homework or tests or or any accountability that you were actually learning and studying and doing the work, would you be as motivated to learn the material the way you do when you have to learn it for a test? No. Tests actually make us push ourselves to learn and grow more. Uh, that's the point of tests. It's first off, it's accountability. It helps us to ensure, it helps our teachers ensure that we are paying attention and are learning and are getting the information that we need from that class. But it's also a way to push us to learn it better, to make us uh, take that knowledge and put it in our head even more. And without testing, we don't push ourselves. We don't, we don't challenge ourselves a lot of times unless we're tested. Sometimes we need the storm. Sometimes in order to grow, we need a good testing. We need a good storm in our life. And that's the point. That's the purpose. Jesus brings storms into our life. Sometimes storms happen so that Jesus can grow us. He has a purpose. Let's be honest for just a minute. Right now, at this very moment in time, we're in a storm. Every single one of us, every single one of you that are listening and watching right now, we are in a storm. The, the, the things that we've seen over the last three or four months is a massive storm that is worldwide. Churches have had to close the doors of their campuses. Now again, and I've said this more times than I can count, the church is not a building. The church is a people. So let's be honest for a minute. The church hasn't closed, but the church building has closed, which has created a challenge. It's hard to to be a family, to be a body of Christ when we're not physically interacting and seeing one another. It's a challenge. I get it. It's hard. This is a storm. So campuses have been closed. Businesses uh, have shut down. Some of them shut down permanently. People are struggling. You know, people have lost jobs. People have um, seen reductions in their income. Some have had their income completely cut. And they've had to depend on the kindness and generosity of others. Many people are sick. Many people are afraid, both physically and economically. They're afraid about what's going to happen. 
A- am I going to get sick? Uh, is something going to happen to my job? Uh, am I going to lose the, the means to feed my family? But guys, we're going through a storm. And hardest of all, many of us have lost loved ones in the midst of this. And there aren't a lot of storms as difficult as losing a loved one. You know, I, I, I know that it's not something we wish, it's not something we want, but it's life. Everyone who has ever been born and ever will be born, except for Jesus, will die. And Jesus died, but then he rose from the grave. Guys, life is hard. And right now, life is particularly hard. But please hear me. We're in a storm, but Jesus is with us. Jesus is right now in your life. Follower of Jesus, listen. Jesus right now in your life is producing endurance. And that endurance is producing character. And that character is producing hope. We need the storms. I don't know why we're going through the storm that we're going through now. I can't answer those questions. I'm not Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen in a month or two months or a year from now. But I do know this. Jesus will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Follower of Jesus, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He wants to ride through this storm with you and make you better through this storm. He wants to grow you in the midst of it. We may not know the purpose, but Jesus is doing something. We've seen people be so generous in this difficult time. We've been able to donate so much food and so much funding to the food bank and to churches and to the homeless in our community. God is doing something. We've seen people saved since we've closed the doors of our campus. People have gotten saved through the online ministry of this church. God is doing something and we're in the middle of a huge storm. God's doing something. Will you join him? Will you join Jesus and will you let him change you? Will you let him give you endurance and character and most of all, hope? Will you let him do that in your life? Next week, we're going to talk about our role in the storm. And so we're not done with this discussion yet. But hear me, Jesus is with you. And you may be watching right now. Maybe you're online and you're asking yourself, I'm not sure that I know Jesus as my savior. I don't know that I have a life-changing relationship. Or maybe you're saying, I've never done that, but I've got questions. Hear me clearly. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, let me explain this very briefly. Jesus was and is the son of God, part of the Trinity. He, he came to this earth. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He never broke God's commandments. And even though he was innocent, he never committed a sin, he willingly went to a cross and died and shed his blood so that you and I could be forgiven. 
You see, we're all sinners. We all fall short of God's perfection, his glory. And the fact of the matter is, is that our sins, technically and spiritually, our sins are crimes. We are criminals and we deserve punishment. But the fact is, is that Jesus did not want us to pay that punishment. Instead, Jesus came along, he died on that cross and his death paid our punishment. And so when you know Jesus as your savior, when you have him and you have a life-changing relationship with him, you can be saved, you can be rescued from the consequences, from the punishment of your sin. And Jesus wants to do that in your life. You see, he died on that cross, but on the third day, he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death. And later he ascended into heaven. Right now, Jesus sits on a throne in heaven. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And the fact of the matter is, is you can go to heaven. Your eternity can be guaranteed if you will submit your life to Christ, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you will allow him to change your life, you can be saved, you can be rescued from the consequences of your sin and live in eternity and perfection with Jesus. And if you've got questions about that or you would like to take that next step in your journey with Jesus, you would like to begin a life-changing relationship with Jesus, what I want you to do right now is stop whatever you're doing. You can ignore the rest of this message. What I want you to do right now is I want you to send me personally a direct message or send me an email. The email is at the bottom of your screen. I want you to contact me right now and I would love to reach out to you in this very moment. I am standing by right now and I want to talk to you and answer any questions or lead you into those next steps in your journey with Jesus. So please don't hesitate. Reach out right now. Send me an email. Send me a direct message. Let me talk to you. I would love to guide you through this. One way or the other, we all go through storms. We're all going through a storm right now. And it's only through Jesus that we can see ourselves through this storm and grow in Jesus. Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life specifically in the midst of all of this and in every storm that you go through. He has a plan and a purpose to grow you, to give you endurance, character, and hope. That life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. Will you let Jesus grow you in the storm? Or will you choose to ignore what he's doing and search and seek after the calm seas, the calm waters? I know the calm waters look inviting, but the storm is going to grow us as a person, as individuals, and as a body of Christ, as a family in Jesus. But what will you do? Hang on tight. No matter what your choice is, hang on tight because God's doing something and God's going to do much more. And so uh, we're not going to sit by and miss what Jesus is going to do. And I hope that you will make a decision right now to say, you know what? I'm getting on board too. 
The boat may be rocking, it may be shaking, but Jesus is in the boat and he's got control over all of it and he is gonna do something amazing. Will you join First Southern? Will you join the universal church, the church all over Phoenix and Arizona and the US and across the world? Will you join us as God does something great to lead us closer to him? Join me in prayer. Almighty God, thank you for seeing us through the storm. Thank you for loving us so much that you don't always calm the storm, but you always are with us in the midst of the storm. Thank you for loving us so much that you don't abandon us and make us ride the storm out on our own through our own strength or lack thereof. Thank you for loving us so much that you walk with us through the storm. Thank you for caring and loving us so much that you forgave us of our sins, but it didn't stop there. You also continually work to make us more like you. But Lord, my prayer is that we would watch what you're doing and we would be willing to let you change us to be more like you. Jesus, we thank you. And we pray all of this in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.